This is episode 95 of the Christian Travelers Network. Today we'll be talking about the journey of being a spiritual leader with Dan Lewix. Welcome to the Christian Travelers Network, where travel stories, community, and scripture combine. Hey, Christian Travelers, I'm so glad that you are here because Dan Lewigs is joining us to talk about some of the spiritual leadership characteristics God has given us um, as men and as women um, in the home and also how that plays a part in our travels. But before we dive into that, I want to again want to remind you that you can head to our website, christiantravelers.net. There you can find information about booking your next family adventure. You can also find information about other podcast episodes, travel resources, and our ultimate travel kit. But without further ado, Dan Lewigs is the founder and the host of the Journey of a Christian Dad podcast and Facebook community. Dan is a requested public speaker and MC, and has been featured on the Kingdom Crossroads podcast, Evangelism Radio, St. Joseph Radio, The Good Dad Project, L10 Mastery, and Biz Dad Podcast. Dan and his family live for Christ, and they love hiking, climbing, playing in water, spending time with family and friends, and living a life of abundance. Hey, Dan, how's it going? It's going great. It's going great. So excited to be here, Sarah. (laughs) I'm glad to have you here. So tell us a little bit about yourself and how you became so passionate about this topic. Yeah, so it goes back to, you know, your childhood. It seems like so many things do. And as I was growing up as a kid, I had a great life. Parents, you know, wonderful marriage. They had their struggles that I got to see a little bit. Not not anything big, you know, when they, they ran into something, they kind of separated and came back and that type thing. My dad worked a ton, um, you know, double time and triple time. And so I saw my mom really run the family. Um, and back then, you know, she was a homemaker and he uh, worked and what he saw on his side was his dad had worked a ton to provide for the family and my mom's dad did the same thing. And so what I saw as a kid growing up was how dad, all dads worked and worked and worked and worked to provide for their family. So providing was such a key essential element to being a dad. So I, I knew I had to have work ethic growing up. And what I saw from the moms around grandma and grandma and my mom, that they were all faith-based and were very, very strong in their faith. So that was important in my life also. I strayed a bit for a number of years, but that development as a kid, it was always super strong for me. And as I was coming back uh, into my faith, I realized I absolutely needed a community of men around me. And we had moved um, cities so I didn't know like anybody in person uh, except one family, and I prayed every week that they would be there uh, when I went to Mass, and they were never there. turns out they always went to 12, and I never went to 12. I went to every other Mass except 12. <laughs> <laughs> so through those prayers, uh, at the gym I worked out at, the guy says, hey, you should come you know, volunteer uh, for this golf outing that I'm hosting, and uh, at that four guys said, Hey, come to this retreat. Each one individually, none of them knew that the previous one had talked to me about it. I was like, this is cool. I get to, you know, hang out with some guys. I had just started on this Saturday morning men's group. 
I go there and the guys say, hey, you should go to this retreat. I was like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. And at the men's group, I picked up on um, a statistic. Uh, it started out saying that men are supposed to be the spiritual leaders of the home. And I kind of, you know, thought back to my childhood and thought, okay, whatever. Like, let's go on to the next topic was really what I was thinking. And instead, the guy started talking about some statistics. And he said, something like 8 to 10% of kids will go to church on their own after high school if uh, mom and dad weren't taking them to church. I went, oh, that's actually kind of good, I think, if mom and dad weren't a, weren't a good example. And then it said, if mom was the reason why the kids went to church and the family went to church, if she was the one leading the way in that that part of their lives, that 12 to 14% of kids would go to church on their own after high school. And I went, man, this is not good. Like I expected there to be a much bigger difference. And now they're going to go on to dads and say, you know, 18 to 20% or something like that, which is a little bit better odds, but still very discouraging. And I got kind of angry at that point. And I'll be darned if they didn't say 88 to 92% of kids will go to church on their own after high school if dad is the reason why the family goes to church. So if dad's engaged in his faith and leads in that way, it has a major, major, major impact on kids. And I knew that that was where I wanted to be whenever we, my family had kids. We didn't have kids at that time. And I said, I've got to change my ways. This that I'd heard in the past that didn't really feel like it applied to me suddenly applied to me in the biggest way. And, you know, I came home from that meeting and said, things are changing, honey. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So that's, that's kind of the background of where it started and everything. You know, I've, I've been in the military, you know, college graduate, um, you know, typical uh, career and, you know, family and that type thing. We also, on a side note, had uh, extreme difficulty having children and saw every doctor, it seemed like, in the St. Louis area. And finally, we found a Christian doctor with something different called um, NAPRO technology or the Creighton model, which is all natural and costs like 100 bucks a month, 50 bucks or something for a doctor's visit and 30 bucks for some uh, vitamins, basically. And a year later, you know, my wife was pregnant and had her first child. So from miscarriages and sadness and everything else, we you know, head to the head to the book and follow biblical principles and see a Christian-based doctor that has a, a, a system that's taught around the world these days that back then wasn't as well known. Um, you know, changed our lives. Now we're you know parents, and uh, it's fantastic. And I'm so grateful and thankful every time I see that doctor's name and Napro and Creighton Technology. I'm just so thankful and you know excited and just. Love God and praise God. So that's that's kind of where, where we're at. So uh, as a side note, my kids are now eight and seven, both daughters. And uh, my wife and I have been married for 17 years. Congratulations. That's amazing. And having children alone can be such a spiritual journey in itself. But uh, to the fact that this retreat and some friends really encouraged you at a point before you even began that journey probably helped prepare that spiritual, the spiritual difficulties of even getting pregnant in the first place. 
Yes. Yeah, definitely was very, very helpful so that, you know, I needed comforting. My wife absolutely needed comforting. And um, it was just nice to be able to, to rest in Jesus and to sit back and know that whatever we were going through, somehow Jesus, Jesus had a plan and would take us through it. Absolutely. Um, I think as a culture, we oftentimes, um, I don't know, we try and say that men and women can do all of the same things, but I think that God has designed us with different gifts and abilities. And part of that plays into the spiritual leadership in a family. How would you describe what talents God has given men and women in relationship? So, so, so different and uh, simple and complex. Um, it's rather than describe uh, you know, or try to answer all of the differences, maybe just a couple key things. Um, one, men absolutely have to feel respected. So wives that are listening, if there's some way where you're not giving respect to your husband, work on that, you know, pray figure things out, ask others, ask your husband, ask yourself, uh, ask God, but figure that out. And then men, what we miss, uh, we miss prioritizing our wives. So when I ask guys, how do you prioritize your wives? I get that kind of blank stare. Uh, what do you mean? Well, like, I mean exactly that. Like, how do you make your wife a priority in your life? Can you give me some examples of things you intentionally do? Uh, well, um, you know, I get her a card and stuff on Valentine's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At the Walgreens at like 530 when you get off work. And I got it. Of course you do that. What else? And other guys come back with, you know, some intentional things that they've thought through and that they they actively do. And so that's a big, big thing. Um, um, we really need to start, I think, there of understanding what's important to our spouse so that we can complement each other in in our, our different areas that we're gifted. So, you know, men are natural builders and can be visionary leaders and uh, absolutely are designed to be the spiritual leader and uh, not just the provider. So men need to provide, protect, and they need to be the humble leaders of their family. And wives, of course, have the comforting, the nurturing, the love, the um, ability to connect in a million different ways and have a million different thoughts, but all intersect. And, um, the creativity aspect that women have is just unbelievably different than what men are typically gifted with. Yes. Um, I think that God has all designed each of us differently with different gifts and abilities and, and your comment about loving and respecting, um, one another, uh, reminds me of the book Love and Respect. Yes. And <laughs> I, I assume you've read it. Yes, yes. Yes. It's a it's a really good book and it has some really interesting facts about um in general, I mean every person's different, but in general what some traits are of men and women and how um our personalities don't naturally combine. Uh things kind of rub each other the wrong way every once in a while. Um but it talks about how to work through some of those differences. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. It's funny. Whatever relationship or marriage book that you read, it seems like you catch something again for the very first time, and it's just so obvious. <laughs> 
you know, being a spiritual leader in your home, um, what does that look like when your family travels? How, what are some things you guys intentionally do as a family? So uh, a story about that, my wife was just telling us the other day, and I've heard her say this time and time again, but we were going down to um, Panama City Beach, and we we're really excited. It was the first time the girls were going to see the beach. And uh, on our way down as we're driving, I said, hey, honey, have you checked out which church we're going to go to and what time and how close is it to where we're staying? And she looks at me and she goes, what do you mean? I said, well, are we going to go Saturday night? Are we going to go Sunday morning? Like, I'm just trying to get an idea and a game plan of, you know, what we're doing. And she goes, no, I, I haven't looked at that. Like we're on vacation. And I said, I, I do understand, but like, I'm really excited to experience church in a new location. And typically we go to, you know, locally to St. Louis, like the Ozarks, Branson, something like that. And so we know which churches we're going to. And my kids are like, dad, we're going to the beach. Like, we don't need to go to church. <laughs> I'm like, well, on Saturday or Sunday we do, like, cause that's what we do. And, you know, they talk their way through it a little bit and they're like, oh no, this will be cool. You know, this will be exciting. I do remember going at like the Ozarks. I do remember going at Branson and uh, experiencing something different than we normally do. And then my wife reflected and she thought back to the times where we got to travel internationally and the churches that we went to there. And she's like, man, that was so cool when we were in Mexico and got to go to church and experience a Spanish mass. <laughs> and it was, it was just wonderful. And so hearing her recently tell that story again, she's like, it was just the greatest thing being able to experience something all the way different while you're on vacation and having your eyes just all the way open and being able to experience every little thing throughout the service and remembering small little details that we can miss when we're at our same comfortable, normal location. Absolutely. I think travel does open those opportunities for uh, new experiences and sometimes getting outside of our comfort zone can even open our hearts to God in new ways. But um, I think so many of us are tempted not to go to church uh, uh, while traveling. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a very real thing. I remember as a kid, it was the, it seemed very normal to not go to church because we went in St. Louis and we were somewhere else as a kid and somebody you know, in passing mentioned to my parents when they were on vacation that they went to a certain church while they were vacationing in the same lake community that we went to. And my parents said, oh, wow, okay, there's a church there. Like <laughs> that, that was something new. And they got the details of where it was and everything. You know, this was back before the internet uh, was around. So information wasn't as abundant as it is now. And that first time we went, you know, I remember us kids we were like, no, no, no. Like we'd rather be out on a boat or golf course or, you know, doing something. And then after that, it became routine that we always went to church when, when we were on vacation and it was so much better. It was so much better. What are some things that you want to talk about, about spiritual leadership and travel? Yeah. So spiritual leadership, when you pull it into travel, it's these daily things that happen, these um, unexpected events that happen. So one, we can prepare our kids with kind of core value type things in our regular day-to-day -day life. And those just go right into travel as well. So 
An example would be uh, Mark 12, 30 to 31, love God and love your neighbor. So that's my filter for life. So whenever things happen, you know, is this honoring God? Am I loving God in my actions? And will this love my neighbor as I love myself? And if so, great. If not, you know, stop, pause, think, reflect, and figure out a different course of action. So sometimes you see great things while you're on vacation, and sometimes you get put into situations that can be a little bit challenging. Or maybe you see somebody uh, upset at a restaurant and going back and forth with somebody. And those are just the opportunities to talk about the things that are important with your kids that just show up for you. They're like little softball, uh, you know, pitches to you where you can just take a swing and knock it out of the park if you're prepared and ready for them. So one of the things I love about vacation is a concept called uh, carefree timelessness. Hmm. We don't necessarily have a huge agenda. Every minute isn't jam-packed with something to do. Quite often you're, you know, sitting in a line for 45 minutes at Disney or, um, you know, with nothing to do other than wait and then, you know, enjoy each other's company or hanging out on a beach. You know, you're there for hours without any specific activities that you have to do and you just get to enjoy each other's company. And as things show up and come along, you know, you get to embrace and enjoy. So I was thinking about our beach vacation and how we saw little sand crabs cra- crawling up my wife's leg and she freaked out and went screaming and running. And through that, we're like, how cool is that, that they got these little iridescent sand crabs that you can uh, shine your flashlight on and like, you can't see them at all. But when you get that flashlight out, they're like glowing and they're everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> and it was so much fun. But in that, uh, you can you know, this is all part of God's design. So, you know, something you can't see in the dark, but shine a little bit of light on it. And you realize, you know, there's a whole lot there that you're not seeing. And, you know, that that's something you see throughout the Bible all the time. And God reveals things to you over and over and over again, if you're willing and ask. Um, Also with vacations, I mentioned um, carefree timelessness with that uh, silence, reflecting, productive pauses. So you have that opportunity to just stop and relax and be yourself um, by not having the kind of grind a day-to-day life like what we you know, intend to do when we go on vacation, shut our phones off and the different things like that. We can just take a deep breath and relax. And often uh, people just don't have that with the busyness of life which is a totally different story. But uh, if you feel like the busyness of life is keeping you on the wheel, uh, jump off, stop, put some time back into your schedule where you can just have that carefree timelessness, sit in the classroom of silence and just enjoy being with people, being present, uh, sitting with God, uh, just a big, big deal. And I just get so much joy of uh, not having all that uh, running around. Um, so COVID's actually been, you know, kind of nice where it intentionally slowed us down and life is putting busyness back into our lives or giving us opportunities to say yes to busy. Um, but now, you know, it's like we got to be selective and choose what we say yes to and what we say no to. And uh, we had that uh, kind of pause on life for a bit so we could reflect on what's important and be intentional with the choices that we have and design the life that we want going forward. 
I think there's an important part with that of slowing down that is really just kind of a form of worship because when we're so busy, it's so easy to push God out of our time. Yeah, yeah. So when I reflect, I think about how much does it matter, how long will it matter, and how much of an impact will it make? So sometimes we let small things into our life that are only going to matter for 20 minutes, but they seemed important at the time. So trying to remove those things and then put in the things that matter for a longer time that are going to make a bigger impact uh, like this podcast. So uh, love that you're doing this. And I think it helps uh, reframe what people think about vacation. Are you looking for a faith-based resource for your next travel adventure? Look no further than the Ultimate Travel Kit. This kit includes activities and supplies for large group, small group, and individual travel devotions. It is great for ages high school through retired adults, and it is very easy for leaders to incorporate around any travel itinerary. For more information, go to christiantravelers.net slash ultimate travel kit. Thank you. Um, and... I like what you said there because I I am one who is easily tempted to overfill my schedule, um, but I like those questions that you had and how they reflect their purpose within God's kingdom here on earth. Yeah, they say pray continuously, uh, which people often have challenges with that. I'm like, not pray the Our Father 24 hours a day. <laughs> yep. Doesn't say that. Yeah. <laughs> So no, just conversations with God and, you know, you do an activity and then you come back, think about it for a second and, you know, include God, you know, in that and, you know, Hey Jesus, did you see that or whatever it is, but it can be totally conversational. But when you start your day with God, get into the word, read the Bible, maybe do a devotional, uh, have a community of people that you share and, uh, you know, that are also doing the same thing at the similar times, um, makes the whole rest of the day go better and makes it easy to stay continuously in prayer and in communion with Jesus. So, uh, you know, in the same way, when you're on vacation, why change that aspect? Why not, you know, jump into the Bible, uh, jump into a devotional, you know, kind of first thing, um, you know, how awesome is it when you're sitting on a balcony with a cup of coffee in your hand and enjoying the, enjoying the beach, enjoying the, the birds, enjoying whatever nature's around you. Yeah, like so peaceful. And um, so that, that's how I start my day on vacation also. Yeah, it's so important. Um, I think we're kind of creatures of habit. And if we let things go over vacations and we fall out of that routine, it can be so much harder when coming home to get back into those things that do matter. Yes. Yep. Absolutely. And then um, another thing that makes me think of, um, especially when you were talking about playing with your kids and standing in line and having that carefree time where you're just addressing and talking about the couple that was fighting or you're standing in line at Disney and just having those faith conversations. It makes me think of Deuteronomy 6 where it talks about how in your sitting down and you're going out, we are to be talking with our children about how God is present and um, what faith means in our lives and all of those things. Check out Deuteronomy 6 for real. I was just talking <laughs> with a guy the other day and uh, his ministry is called D6. And I was uh -huh. like, D6, what is he talking about? Okay, whatever. And then he's like, Deuteronomy 6. And I was like, oh my gosh, what a great, what a great scripture verse. 
Um, are there any other verses that you kind of fall back on to when needing that encouragement to be a spiritual leader? Yeah, so there's a, a number of different ones. Um, anything in Philippians is fantastic. Uh, Philippians uh, 4, 6 through 7. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving. Present your request to God and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So that one's a big one, and especially when you start out with the challenge of do not be anxious or be not be not anxious. Like anxiety just pounds us as a society. And in scripture, it says so many different times, be not afraid, don't be anxious. Like, you know, when fear and anxiety come into your life, you got to stop and ask yourself, where's it coming from? And how can, how can I work through this? You know, mm-hmm. there was a time, maybe, maybe right around when COVID started actually is when it, when it happened. And for about a week, I just felt anxious all week. I felt a little bit fearful all week, which doesn't happen to me, you know, five, 10 minutes and then it's gone is the norm. But this was a repetitive kept coming back to me. And I said, God, I need help. I've looked, I've, done some research. I've tried to figure this out. I don't know what this is in this verse is actually making me have more anxiety. <laughs> You're telling me not to, and I'm willing, but it keeps coming. It doesn't stop. And I'll be darned if I don't get on this uh, business. Um, a, f- a friend of mine has a, a pretty large uh, network of people that he'll do business topics for. And it's really cool because a lot of it's faith-based type material that's uh, not outwardly faith-based, but when you look into it, you're like, oh yeah, <laughs> all scriptural based, uh, kind of based on a go-giver approach from the book, The Go-Giver and things like that. But anyway, I jump on his thing and he starts talking about the seven uh, steps uh, uh, to uh, of grief, seven steps of grief. And I was like, what is he talking about? Why are we doing this 100, 200, 300 person thing on a Zoom meeting? Uh, talking about how to get through somebody's death. This is the dumbest thing he's ever done. And I can't believe I'm wasting my time on this, but I've got it blocked out and I'll give him a few more minutes before I (laughs) get off this one. And as he's walking through it, I start feeling like, ah, I gotcha. You're talking about the death of our normal life. COVID Mm -hmm. totally changed that. And what we're feeling is a lack of control and, you know, realizing, you know, we're not, we're not in control. Like this is something totally different. Our life has changed absolutely. And, you know, just time to get used to it. And it really challenged my faith. And I said, I got to, you know, let go and let God. So you get so many opportunities to do that. But it was helpful walking through the seven stages of grief and realizing that um, I, I really truly had to you know, just let this go and realize that uncontrollable things were going to just keep happening. And the only thing I could control was my schedule and my thoughts and to, you know, convey that to my family so that we could talk about and work through our thoughts and our feelings and, you know, move on with our lives, understanding that what we had gotten comfortable with just was no longer. So, Uh, that was great. That was so, so helpful. And it was just an answered prayer. And it came in a totally unexpected place that I wasn't ready for. And uh, thankful I was just doing my regular job and, um, you know, all worked out great. 
Yeah. And uh, that's awesome that God would answer your prayer in such a unique way. And I think grief is a is a really good word to describe that anxiety that I think the pandemic has caused for a lot of us. Yes, yes. And then uh, it was at 413. For some reason, I'm not, I don't have that one memorized right now. I should. I can do all things in Christ who strengthens me. There we go. So it's not my strength. It's, it's Christ's strength. And um, Galatians 5, 22, 23, um, the fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control against such things. There is no law. So that's one, another filter that you can run through, you know, are you, is it, honoring the fruit of the spirit if so great like very simple no no kind of regrets when you live your life that way and for people that think the husband shouldn't be the spiritual leader of the family or i want to be also or whatever that conversation is it's like now christ is supposed to love the spouse like uh or the husband's supposed to love the spouse like christ loved the church christ died for the church so Husbands, if you're, if you don't feel that pain of giving up all the things that you want to, not all, but some of the things that you want to do are selfishness, um, you should, you should feel a little bit of pain every day over a decision that you have to make that's for the good of yourself and the family. Um, that's not saying you shouldn't do, you know, watch the football game with your buddies. That's not saying that you shouldn't do some of the things that you really enjoy. You know, I love hiking and different things like that. However, if you're doing a lot of selfish things and not looking to lead your family and not leading your family spiritually, uh, it's really, really important to change because as you go, so the family goes. I think that's a very important reminder. And I, I guess I wanted to open it up if you have anything else you want to address, and then I'll ask you about your biggest God moment in your travels. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I guess one last thing. So we talked about uh, providing, protecting, and humble leadership. Uh, so on the protection side, we have to think about how literally the devil is attacking us, attacking society, and he's really looking to attack the families. So when you look at the normal family, whatever that is, husband, wife, you know, married forever, and, you know, church going and all that, that's not the normal family anymore. It's very different than uh, than what God intended it to be. So Adam and Eve started it, and it's just kind of kept going. So as husbands, we need to protect our family. And part of that is uh, 1 Peter 5, 8 through 9. So be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a ro- roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith, because you know that your brothers throughout the world are undergoing the same kind of sufferings. So when you think about it, the devil's prowling around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. So if you don't have your spiritual armor and you don't have your preparedness and you're not doing daily prayer and you're not resting in the Lord, he's going to get you and he's going to get your family. So that is why it's so important to be the spiritual leader of your family. And it breaks my heart thinking before I had kids that if I didn't do this, there's a, I'm leaving it very much open to chance that my kids don't get to heaven. Mm. And I'm going to do everything in the world I can do with 
with God and Christ to help my kids get there. So if we don't lay lay a solid foundation and teach our children, we're leaving it up to chance, and I just don't want to do that. Absolutely. Um, And that all ties back to that original statistic that when the father uh, attends worship, um, it has such a strong impact on on your kid's faith life. Yeah, and then with that, be engaged. And one measurement of being engaged, if the service that you go to uh, has singing, mm-hmm. guys typically don't sing all that much. Like we're a little embarrassed about it. Women have pretty voices and guys oftentimes don't uh, sing anyway. Your kids will see that and you'll be more engaged in the service, and it's just so much better. Uh, That was a hang-up that I used to have that I got over and got past by being around other men that sang. (laughs) They sang horribly. However, when there's a whole bunch of horrible singers, it sounded pretty good. (laughs) Oh, awesome. Well, Dan, we have enjoyed having you on the podcast. One of the questions I always like asking our guests is, what has been the biggest God moment in all of your travels? So the, the biggest moment is always kind of the same thing. It always has something to do with nature, where you're somewhere and you see something unexpected. Uh, most recently, uh, I asked my kids, I said, hey, would you guys want to go rock hunting? They love rock hunting, just finding, looking fossils, just anything to do with creeks and rivers and the possibility of finding something magical. Uh, they're so fired up. And a buddy of mine asked me a question. He says, how far away are you willing to drive? And I said, you know, 30 minutes. And he says, oh, that's too bad because there's one about an hour and 15 minutes away that is, I can't even describe of all the places I've ever been with my kids and they're outdoors all the time. He goes, this is the place. <laughs> and I said, kids, you want to go on a small trip or you want to you go on a big adventure and it's going to take a while? Dad, I want to go on the big adventure. Okay. It's going to be painful. It's going to be an hour and 15 minutes there, hour and 15 minutes back, and we're going to be way out in the country. And that's okay, Dad. If we can go see fantastic rocks and everything, let's go. So sure enough, we go out there and we're on this country highway road and the GPS says turn left. And I look over and I see this little bitty tiny, like a driveway for a country house. And it's supposed to be a state park. I'm like, oh, I, I don't know if this is going to be any good or not. This looks horrible. <laughs> we turn across a, a highway and go into this little driveway and we go up this little hill. And if you've ever seen that scene in Jurassic Park where they go around the bend and then all of a sudden it just opens up to the to the mountains and hills and valleys and lush green grass and the dinosaurs are all over the place. So there wasn't any dinosaurs when we went over the crest and it was the fall and all the leaves were falling and were all over the ground. But it, it reminded me of Jurassic Park. And I don't say anything like this is just catching me. Like, I can't believe that, you know, we're at the end of a long car ride and we're all just anxious and ready for the next thing. We finally get there and it's kind of disappointing with this little bitty teeny tiny road which is supposed to be this unbelievable state park we get over this crest and i'm like this is it this is reminding me of jurassic park unbelievable but i stay silent and my daughter two daughters and one of my daughters goes dad what is this 
this is amazing. I stay silent and I wait a little bit. Dad, what did we find? This is unreal. Second daughter jumps in talking the same way. And they, they said, Dad, can we come back? So we haven't been there 10 seconds. Can we come back? This is the greatest place on earth. We hadn't seen the creek. We hadn't gone to the rocks, nothing. We get down there. The rocks are unbelievable. The, the Sure enough, it's just like my buddy said. There's, you know, every type of rock that God ever created, it felt like in the same place. It was unreal. However, in that, I, can you believe God did this? And they're like, absolutely we can. And he exceeds our expectations every time. Like when we limit God, God says, hey, I can do anything. And it was beautiful and awesome. And it was just an everyday slice of life. And, you know, hour and 15 minutes from home. And it felt like we went, you know, kind of into a heavenly place. It was unreal. And it was middle of the day, one day when everybody's supposed to be in school and everything. There wasn't anybody there. So it was just us in this massive state park that was like a, a hidden gem just because it was a little further away from the city than some people are willing to go and things. But, oh, my goodness, it was amazing. And uh, so you don't necessarily have to do some unbelievable, crazy travel, although Ireland is awesome. Egypt is awesome. <laughs> Austria, Germany, uh, there's some amazing places. So we could always talk about those things, but um, it can be the uh, supernatural type stuff, the incredible type stuff around the world, but it also could be someplace close in your backyard that you could experience just the true presence of God and being able to help your kids step into those situations so they can see it also. That's awesome. And it's crazy how God works in the unexpected ways. <laughs> so, so other just short, quick story. We were at our church and we've had a small little chapel also. And I said, Hey girls, for no reason whatsoever, let's stop in the chapel for a second. Uh, I've got the, the key code to get in the door. And I'm like, I just want to say a quick prayer. Little did I know, um, uh, a traveling, uh, group came through with a replica of the Shroud of Turin. And we ended up getting to see an hour presentation about all the science and research and data. And we got to see the, you know, the everything to do with the Shroud, you know, where Jesus probably broke bones, where concussion happened, all these things. And I'm like, oh my goodness. And it was like, you could literally see it. It was incredible. And it was, again, off the beaten path, two steps. It took a little bit of extra effort, but it was right there. So, Sometimes these opportunities are, are right there if we've got our eyes open to it. For some reason, I felt like God said, you should stop by the chapel. I thought it was to say hi. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Well, Dan, we've really enjoyed having you on the podcast. How can our listeners connect with you outside of this episode? Yeah, outside of this episode, uh, most people have Facebook. So I've got a Facebook community called The Journey of a Christian Dad becoming the spiritual leader of your home. And then, uh, you know, my email is the Christian dad podcast at gmail.com. So those are probably two, two best ways to connect with me through there. And then, you know, individually Dan Lewig's on Facebook. 
Wonderful. I'll make sure to have links and information in the description below. Um, but we have really enjoyed having you on the podcast, and thank you so much for encouraging us uh, in our spiritual leadership and in our travels. Oh, fantastic. I love your topic, and uh, this was so much fun. I appreciate you having me on as a guest. Thank you. Well, Christian travelers, I hope that you will be encouraged by uh Dan's insight into spiritual leadership and some of the Bible verses we talked about as well. In the meantime, if you are looking to book your next family adventure, consider booking with us, Christian Travelers Network. Um, and if you're looking for other podcasts, I highly recommend episode 16, talking about living with your family abroad. It's quite an interesting story. And of course, subscribe or leave a review if you enjoyed today's episode. But until next time, safe travels and God bless.